just it's, it's because I can do it. And um, I be, I can do it, and I believe other people believe they can do it too. Just because um, we're 54, that don't mean we have to start a new career and our life is totally over. Not when you feel as beautiful as I do, and I'm sure other people feel the same way. I do not feel beautiful. That's Mike Tyson, who feels beautiful at age 54 and is going to box again. He's going to box another old man, Roy Joins Jr., who I believe is... 51. 51. So, yeah, I I believe you could beat up other 50-year-olds. I don't think... There was a single sentence in that statement that was not idiotic. Well, I'm glad he's going to box. Every single thing he said was idiotic. As of last week, he was boxing a shark. So now he's going to box a human. That's a step in the right direction. (laughs) This fight is directly from bar conversations with my friends of when you're just putting all-time greats up against you. Like, who would win the prime Roy Jones or prime Mike Tyson? (laughs) And uh, Yeah, that... Part of me is ecstatic about this, but then I have to remember, but they're in their 50s. Yeah, but, that, but as long as it's evenly matched, I've watched. The, have you seen the videos of Mike Tyson working out? It's scary. He, I ain't, not. he, he ain't me. Yeah. I mean, he. yeah, it's it's amazing. He'd beat the hell out of anybody in their 50s in the world. The muscle memory <laughs> is still there. Oh, yeah. And he's so fast. old guy boxing, you're in favor of I this. I think it'll be good. Well, you're out of your mind. I think they'll get winded quick. I think one minute into the first round, they're going to say, wait a second, I got a lot of my 401k. <laughs> what are we doing here? This is morally, <laughs> ethically, and athletically reprehensible. I will not be party to it. So I think it's interesting that the country is flanked by um, uh, egotistical governors. Egotistical, like arbitrary, media-friendly governors. Um uh, uh, Andy Cuomo on the uh, the one side of the country and Gavin Newsom on the other. And we were talking yesterday about a lot of bars were serving Cuomo chips or whatever with their uh, with their beers, their liquors and their liqueurs. Um <laughs> just potato chips because then you're a restaurant so you right. can serve booze. Exactly. Cuomo chips. And then the uh then the, the king himself Cuomo crap down. No, you can't do that. Close that loophole. So uh, they successfully put people back out of business because that's the job of government. Meanwhile, on the left coast, which is breaking new ground in stupid day after day, California has codified which foods are legitimate meals and which are not. So that if you are serving intoxicating Uh, beverages and trying to get away with serving non-meals and calling them meals, they have developed an entire legal code to deal with that. Restaurants all around the country are getting around it with, uh, you know, pretzels in a bowl and giving them a fancy name. And some grapes. Yeah, some <laughs> grapes. That was my favorite one. For one, a dollar, we will give you more than one grape. One, two, or three grapes. Depends how many we have around. Exactly. <laughs> and again, I know two wineries 20 minutes apart. One could only serve wine if they served food. The other one could only serve wine if they didn't serve food because of their county's boneheaded regulations. But so anyway... California has ruled chicken wings, cheese sticks, fried calamari, and french fries are not considered meals. They aren't? It's ridiculous. They've been a meal for me a number of times in my life. Judy and I love calamari. We'll often just order the calamari as dinner. I'm never going to eat calamari. But the mozzarella sticks and the other stuff, clearly a meal. What are you, racist against squid? Yeah. It's so disgusting. I could live for a month off of cheese sticks. Oh, yeah, easily. It's not a meal. Who says chicken wings aren't a meal? It even comes with carrots and celery. I've had chicken wings for a meal many times. 
I, you shouldn't eat mozzarella sticks for a meal, but I have, and sure. so have many of my friends. Well, Jack, the state's alcoholic sure. beverage. How dare you? <laughs> the Alcoholic Beverage Control Agency has issued guidelines on what constitutes a meal. After Governor Gavin Mussolini reversed reopening measures last month by ordering all bars to shut. This is hilarious. It really is. I think this is the moment parody dies. Yeah, they've gone off so far off the rails now. I mean, right. this is ridiculous. I mean, they, they are so self-mocking, you can't mock them. They cooked some food in the kitchen that people are eating, and it will sustain them until the next meal. And they're full and don't want any more food. What do you call that? <laughs> I call that... Lawbreaking, ready or not, we're gonna arrest you. Slap the chicken wings out of your hand. Here we come. I'm kind of more. Not inter- when you feel as beautiful as I do. Yeah, when you're not, if you feel as beautiful. So I'm kind, I'm kind of more interested in what you've got to do to count as a meal than the other way around. Uh well, we'll get to that, and it is unintentionally hilarious. Uh, while bars are now closed, restaurants can still offer outdoor dining across the state. So these stupid. Idiot bar owners who want to be able to make their rent and pay their waitresses and waiters and want their dishwasher to not starve to death. These selfish bastards are saying, all right, then we're a restaurant now. We'll serve food. Well, the state's not going to put up with that. Also on the list of things that aren't a meal, pretzels, nuts, popcorns, pickles, chips, etc. Pickles aren't a meal. I've never eaten pickles for a meal. I'll admit that. (laughs) Pretzels, nuts, popcorn, pickles, <laughs> chips, cheese sticks, fried calamari, now, chicken wings. Pretzels and popcorn I have eaten is a meal. Pizza bites are not a meal. All right. Egg rolls are not a meal. Pot stickers, flautas. What? Soup is not a meal. This is anti-fryer bias. <laughs> Bread rolls, french fries, onion rings, small salads are not a meal. Sell so that to a petite woman. A small salad's not a meal? A frozen entree is not a meal. Dessert is not a meal. You know what we had for lunch yesterday in my family? I tweeted it out. Talk to me. Brownie batter shakes from Sonic. Good Lord. <laughs> yes. And chili cheese dogs. Not a meal. Not a meal. Not a meal. Not a meal. <laughs> child. No, it seriously seems like they're forcing places to have like a fully functioning kitchen. You can't just have a, the little, you know, a fryer in the in the broom closet or whatever. It's well, these bars I, okay, do. so like, if I'm going to be completely fair, if the idea is there's lots of evidence that shows that there, the virus is spreading at bars like crazy, just because of the way we are at bar, we get close together, we talk yes. loud, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and so we're going to close down bars. We have a rule that restaurant that places that serve food can be open. People are getting around that by having a bag of potato chips. That right. doesn't make you a restaurant. But once you start drawing the line, it's difficult to not end up in this situation. It's just like the Facebook no nudity thing. We got a woman breastfeeding. You can't ban breastfeeding. Right. Well, it's a breast. Okay, now we got to start writing new rules, and it gets out of hand really now fast. Now you got a woman breastfeeding an adult male. <laughs> right. What about that? And he's uh, visibly aroused. So it's not as easy as it sounds, I guess. Right. But the, to, to say a plate full of pizza bites and mozzarella sticks is not a meal is crazy. Well, if you order egg rolls and pot stickers. Some fine Asian-style uh, foods. That's not a meal. I'm surprised they're not going with, because uh, I lived in a state that had a lot of blue laws for a long time, or counties that did. It was all about the percentage. If you made 60% of your your income from food, you you could serve beer after whatever time. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a percentage of your... They'd get around that, though. They'd find a way. You're right. That's a more sane way to do it, absolutely. If But if I'm a bar owner, I say, okay... 
There's no beer without food. We have dollar beer and dollar egg rolls instead of $2 beers or whatever. They'd, they'd find a way. But uh, We charge five bucks for the chips, and it comes with a beer. Listen to that. This. That would work. Prepackaged sandwiches and salads don't meet the requirement. But the agency said it does recognize that many sandwiches and salads are substantial and can constitute legitimate meals. Wait a second. If you're going to say because the sandwich lobby was going to burn down your your building or what? Yeah, a sandwich is definitely a meal. (laughs) That would be crazy to say a sandwich is not a meal. Given the tremendous variety of foods available at the many different licensed premises, this definition provides necessary flexibility to look at the totality of the circumstances in determining whether or not the food service provided by a licensee is a legitimate offering of meals in a bona fide manner. I'm Lionel Hutz. (laughs) This list makes me want to fight Mike Tyson. I know. Listen, I'm not going to burn down a federal courthouse, but this does make me want to go a little bit nuts. That's hilarious. California initially succeeded in slowing the spread of the virus, but has had a sharp reversal, blah, 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 rates climbing. The most populous state uh, in the U.S. recorded 413 cases on Wednesday after adding a record 12,807 spike, the inevitable word these days, in new daily affections to its tally, blah, 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 blah. Well, what about the, the, the problem you have with some of this? I mean, if the ultimate goal is not spreading the disease or whatever, so a lot of restaurants, they're legitimate restaurants. Nobody would even argue that they're a restaurant. They have the full menu. You can buy a steak and potatoes and everything like that. But people are hanging out in the bar area and just drinking. So right. it's a bar for those people. But they close at 10 because the virus comes out after 10, I guess, um, at a lot of places. So I, I don't I don't know what they're doing. They would claim they're doing the best they can. But when you start saying mozzarella sticks and uh, onion rings aren't food, I don't know what you're doing. I find myself in line with Mike Rowe on this. I think people deserve the right. They have the right to protect themselves or not protect themselves in the way they see fit. And I understand that there are externalities, as uh, economists say, in that if, if, if everybody in the bar goes out into the streets with the vid, it will spread to other people. Uh, I just I think we are doing such enormous damage to ourselves in a in vain effort to stop the spread of this thing. It's going to spread. It's incredibly contagious, which is the problem with it. Um, it may have mutated and become more contagious. A scientist in England, I think, mm-hmm. with a you, paper yesterday. Yeah, it's way, way, way less deadly than a lot of horrendous diseases that have gotten started that you've heard their names. But it's so much more easily transmitted. So I just, if you were to, uh, you get together with old Doc Fauci and, and uh, Scott Atlas and uh, just anybody, uh, all, the, all the authorities, all the sages of our society and medical authorities, design me a plan that this thing doesn't spread anymore for however long it takes to get a vaccine or, or really, really good therapies. I guarantee you that plan would do permanent, terrible damage to this country and to millions and millions and millions of people. I don't think there is a solution that is not disastrous. They took down a giant statue of Columbus in Chicago last night. There's another historical figure that you probably wrote papers about as a fifth grader that is being canceled. You need to hear about that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
This afternoon, my political team came to me and laid out our plans for the convention in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a place I love. I love that state. But I looked at my team and I said, the timing for this event is not right. It's just not right with what's happened recently, the flare-up in Florida. To have a big convention, it's not the right time. BFD. You talk about something that doesn't matter to anyone, the fact that the Republicans and Democrats aren't going to have conventions. Right. Who cares? Yep. Good riddance. Vestige of the past that was hanging on for, I don't know, various reasons. It was a TV show. They ceased being relevant decades ago. I'd say 68 was the last one that mattered. And that got ugly, so they rendered them uh, Anyway, may they never come back. (laughs) That'd be fine with me. Um, Actually, I'm rooting for the opposite. I want the party brokers to get together in a smoke-filled room, conjure up a uh, a candidate in the summertime, and uh, say, all right, uh, Jones is running. Then you can either hoot and holler for Jones or against him for about three and a half months, and we get on with our lives. Hoot and holler. Yes. Hmm. Uh, about an hour from now, we're going to talk to Lan He Chen, who is a uh, guy who's been studying this his whole life and been paid to be on campaigns to give advice. And we'll talk to him about the presidential campaign. But uh, so last night in Chicago, the um, c- city took down um, two Christopher Columbus statues in the dark at night uh, because protesters kind of vaguely hate Columbus. I mean, this whole thing is not about Columbus, obviously. Uh, but I don't know. I guess he's just a kind of place to flailingly put your passions. And uh, the, the the city of Chicago thinks that maybe they'll be off the hook a little bit and have less to deal with if they take down these Columbus statues. There's no reason. There's, there's no there's no, no no like reasoned voting um, discussions being had about this. No, just, it's just fear of the mob. People are mad. Maybe if we take down the Columbus statue, they'll be less mad. I don't care about Columbus statues, but it is kind of weird. Yeah, there's it's meaningful. I mean, it's beyond Columbus. Who cares yeah, about Columbus? No, I don't. I think it's pretty interesting that another person, I mean, we all had to write papers about Columbus, if you're of a certain age. Uh, also had to probably write papers. My son has had to write papers about John Muir, who's seen as the father of the national parks and one of the leading lights of environmentalism in the, in the, in the world. Um, but he was kicking it in the 1800s, and like a lot of white guys in the 1800s, he had some racist views, as it was uh, the, the popular at the time. And some of these are coming out in various writings and that sort of thing. So there now there's an effort to cancel John Muir. For instance, the executive director of the Sierra Club apologized for racist remarks that John Muir had made. The Sierra Club is uh, founded by John Muir. Um, and it said it was time to take down some of our own monuments in the same way that we've taken down Confederate officers and colonists uh, all across the country because John Muir was a racist. If you start taking down, well, like I said, now um, we're we're dismantling history. We are dismantling history and you're just kind of deciding that anybody that lived in the 1800s can't have a statue. Right. Pretty well, and much. We, and we can't talk about them. We can't even say they did something really good and smart. You can't just... You have to pretend they don't exist. You can't just focus on all the things you wrote your school papers about, you know, deciding that they didn't want a place like... um, 
Well, he's responsible for so many national parks. But, you know, you look at a beautiful valley and he decides, I don't want this to become just a development or whatever. Right. And then he and he worked toward making these national parks. That's pretty cool. But no, if he's racist, got to take down the statues, no longer study him at school, et cetera, et cetera. A number of us have expressed the same idea about this. Um, I don't really have time to flesh this out, but I will in, in a couple of minutes. Um, but I've been saying this. We got quite an eloquent email from JT about if John Muir has to be canceled. And then Louis Gohmert, the Texas Republican, just introduced a resolution in the House of Representatives that would ban the Democratic Party and any other group that historically supported the Confederacy or slavery in the United States. That's a good one. The idea of canceling the Democratic Party. That's a good one. As JT writes, I mean, the Democratic Party was the party of secession. Then uh, they uh, backed the first iteration of the KKK, having lost the Civil War. The Democrats then went on to create the Jim Crow laws, um, filibustering of civil rights legislation. The Southern Democrats did. Um, you can talk about Robert Byrd, a, a former Klansman, although he repented, and I believe people should be able to repent for their sins. Um, Louis Gohmert has introduced a bill to cancel the Democratic Party because of its support of slavery and racism. Why wouldn't that pass? Armstrong and Getty. Stanton with a drive out to left center field, and just like that, the Yankees have jumped in front. 2-0 New York. Had there been fans in the ballpark, it was a guy that bought the worst seat that would have gotten that souvenir. That souvenir may sit there for another eight and a half innings. So, uh, first home run of the Major League Baseball season, which kicked off yesterday. They're going to play a 60-game season. Um, I am disappointed with what they did with the crowd noise. It, it disappoints me that European soccer is doing it way better. You got to have a crowd roar. How do you, I mean, we have better sound effects than Major League Baseball does, and they got a huge budget. Apparently. Um, that you don't have a crowd roar for a home run. You just continue to have kind of the in-between innings hum, hum of the crowd. For right. a home run, really? Right. Was it yeah. Charlie, Ste- Charlie Steiner said, and the crowd goes wild? That, that's just, it's, it's weak. <laughs> Hopefully that will get better as it goes along. Some teams got nothing in the stands, and then some teams are going to have, like if you're watching Dodgers Giants, they had cardboard cutouts of people behind home plate, and I guess you can buy those? Like, you can pay to have your face back there? That'd yeah. be pretty cool. That is pretty My cool. My kids would love that. They had some celebrities back there, too. Tommy Lasorda was there. I saw him. Can I buy me sitting next to a cardboard cutout of Scarlett Johansson like we're going to sure. the game together? Sure, there you go. I, I like wonder. that one. I wonder. <laughs> Be good for your look. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't. I put that all over Twitter. So they announced, oh, and, and uh, on Saturdays, I don't know why Saturdays only, Fox is going to have games where they have virtual fans in the seats. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I will, I will check that out tomorrow. I saw an example of it, and... It looks like, you know, major Hollywood motion pictures that use the CGI and Mm -hmm. everything. It wasn't great, but it was okay. If you don't stare at it, it's pretty hard to tell that something's amiss. Well said. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. I thought it was interesting that they announced yesterday that they've changed the playoffs. They've expanded the field from 10 to 16 teams. They're going kind of NBA and NHL where half your teams make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and the first and second place teams in each of the six divisions, plus four wild card teams. So 16 teams in the playoffs after 60 games. Uh, now the NBA starts next. Is that, is that literally half the teams? Uh, roughly. Yeah. What do they got? 31, 32 teams? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's the way they do it in the NBA and the NHL for years. Wow. Half the teams make the playoffs. Silly. Yeah, it seems like. Well, it just makes it all the more clear that the regular season is just entertaining yeah. you for yeah. money. Yeah. Which, honestly, the whole thing is anyway. Sure. You would think there would be more of a reward for having a good season than than somebody can slip in being just average and then get catch fire and win sure. it all. But yeah. whatever. Um, uh, NBA kicks off on Thursday, next, this coming Thursday, and they've just got eight g- games left in their season, and then they're going to have a regular playoffs just like well, they would have That's right. This is the old time. season. Yeah. 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 And they usually wrapped up in June, so we're not that far behind. Uh, but they're gonna en- they're gonna end up ending like a week before the next season would normally start. Yeah, have I, they decided how they're gonna handle that? Or are they gonna take a week off and then start again? <laughs> pretty much. Uh, wow. I, I feel like they're going to try to make this the new window of basketball this next season, where they they start opening day will be somewhere around Christmas and go forward from mm-hmm. there in an attempt to have less overlap with the NFL, so they can kind of control the sports talking chatter during their season. Yeah. All of this is because of the vid, of course. In the last three days, we've been over a thousand after having weeks of where we're around three, four hundred deaths nationwide every day. It's now been over a thousand three days in a row. The rolling 14 day average deaths are up 41%, which is not good. No, indeed. Um, turns out it was a lagging indicator because cases are only up 24% now, but the deaths are up 41%. That's where we are. Uh, oh, and by the way, this just came across. There is a Garmin outage for some reason that's shutting down a lot of the fitness services. So the fact that my Garmin says I have not exercised much must be because my Garmin is not working. <laughs> There's no point in having 10,000 steps if I don't get credit for it on my watch. Yeah, I thought I had done run my six miles, but uh, no, apparently I have not. Keep running. So back to the Louis Gohmert measure in the House of Representatives, Texas Republican uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert introduced a House resolution that would ban the Democratic Party and any other groups that have historically supported the Confederacy or slavery in the U.S. He introduced the bill a day after a 305 to 113 House vote to remove 11 Confederate soldiers and slavery defenders from the Capitol building and donate them to the Smithsonian Institution uh, and other places. You know, some of them I don't mind removing uh, Roger Tawney, who was an an idiot and a fool, but he was the Chief Justice of the United States, um, the author of the Dred Scott decision, the infamous horror against human rights. Um, but you got to have him so so he can be talked about, so we can talk about the Dred Scott decision. Not all statutes are statues or tribute. That's why I like that one in particular. Was like, no, no, these are going to a museum. They're not just throwing them in a river or something. Oh, right, right. But I mean, if you have the other justices, anyway, we can talk about it that. It was one, but... dumb to ever put up a Columbus statue anywhere. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Why? We can all agree on that. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, uh, Mongolians, biggest... Floridians. We can all agree. Why all is the races and all across the country? Why is the biggest statue within a hundred miles of Columbus? That's weird. And that's the case in many states, maybe most states. Said Gomert in his statement, 
Since people are demanding we rid ourselves of the entities, symbols, and reminders of the repugnant aspects of our past, then the time has come for Democrats to acknowledge their party's loathsome and bigoted past and consider changing their party name to something that isn't so blatantly and offensively tied to slavery, Jim Crow, discrimination, and the Ku Klux Klan. Co-sponsors of the, the, the bill include my new best friends, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Jody Heiss of Georgia, Andy Harris of Maryland, and Randy Weber of Texas. Yeah, when you got Woodrow Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt hanging out there, it's pretty tough to uh, to not acknowledge that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to get you're, rid of the racists, get rid of the racists. Unless you're going to allow for they were people of their times, those were attitudes of the times, blah, blah, blah. But that the, the, the that's not the modern view of things. As I've often said, principles for politicians are like jackets. They just put them on when they need them, and then they take them off and put them in the closet. I suspect that the Democrats will find their principles again when the world comes after the name of their party and Woodrow Wilson and the rest of it. They'll say, well, uh, uh, this is presentism. We have to allow there are people of a different time. Oh, really? Oh, brother. Oh, speaking of uh, people of our time, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I don't I don't traffic in that. But I really think you ought to have a good home security system. Because things are a little nuts and getting nuttier, and they're letting criminals out of prisons wholesale. We haven't even talked about that today, but we should. Best home security system of 2020, according to U.S. News and World Report, one clear winner, Simply Safe. And one of the reasons a lot of people don't have a home security system or don't use the one they have is because they're just so complicated. I've seen people, I've been at people's houses where it's nighttime and they like go through a 15 minute procedure of pressing buttons and going through menus and whatnot. Simply Safe is simple to use. It's simple to install, simple to use, and it is the best home security system you can get, according to U.S. News and World Report, as we said. Ordered online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, boom, your home is protected around the clock. Costs about 50 cents a day. Um, you're not locked into a contract, and it's got a 60 day money back guarantee, so why not at least try it? Yeah, it's better and less expensive. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong, so they know. No, we sent you simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Have you seen Dr. Fauci's opening pitch or just I read just about it? I just did for the first okay. time. Here it is up on the TV if you want to see it again. Here it goes. Dr. Fauci with the opening pitch. As a, as a former elite baseball player, here's the windup. Here's the pitch. It, was that a pickoff move or a pitch? <laughs> it's a balk. He threw it halfway in between. It's difficult to say what he was going for there, now, Jim. Now, my, my defense of him would be he's a 79-year-old scientist. Well, Right. He's not a 40-year-old former athlete. Well, and I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but the uh, the opening pitch doesn't count as a ball <laughs> or a strike. So if he were to stand five feet away from the catcher and lob it to him underhanded like a four-year-old, that would be fine. Usually the ceremonial first pitch, you, you know, you do that sort of thing. But they had him on the mound thrown to the catcher. The full, what is it, 90 feet or 60 feet or whatever the heck it is. Right, right. Um, 60 feet, six inches. <laughs> um, but he was not even close. Poor guy. That was quite something. What, although, anytime... Luckily there was no crowd there to mock him. Anytime I talk about opening pitches, and we've thrown uh, a number of them at Major uh-huh. League Ball Games, uh, fine memory, and I took it very seriously as a former pitcher, but... Um, George W. after 9-11, one of my favorite moments of all time, aside from the births of my children, et cetera, et cetera. That was the, that was the greatest opening pitch ever in oh, baseball. Because that was mere days after 9-11. He comes out there in a flak jacket to the roar of the crowd, even though there are a thousand death threats, and just fires a strike. That took so 
serious. I'm getting chills now. That took serious self-confidence. USA! USA! I want to chant even now. Because everybody in the world was watching that. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was back when old G-Dub had, uh, you know, 107% approval rating. Right. Nobody even cared to how the math got hinky. They were just with him. Good times. Imagine, uh, compare uh, those times to these times. Mm. Tell you what. Not so good. <laughs> Not that I'm calling for, you know, some uh, weird beard uh, ooching around in a cave in the Middle East to, to attack us again. But um, the contrast is astounding. How do you think Biden would do throwing out a first pitch? Well, well he too is 80, Michael. Yeah, it's not fair to have 80 How'd year your granny doing a kickboxing match? <laughs> I don't, why, why the elder abuse, Michael? You're better than that. <laughs> Trump's going to throw out a first pitch at a Yankees game in August. Yeah, now, so is that because, you know, he's a, I don't know if you're aware of this, he's a fairly controversial figure, and... um <laughs> He can go out in an empty stadium, and he's not going to get the rain of booze that he would get in some stadiums. Right. So he can go out there, and it'll just be the murmur of the fake crowd. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, well, that'll be exciting. Except that it won't be, and it's silly, and who cares? (laughs) Um, (sighs) Biden would punt the baseball, not realizing what sport it is. If you're going to continue on the mental acuity train. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't want to be on that train. TikTok user taunted cops, come and get me. So they did. Uh, <laughs> that and a really funny, uh, if you can believe this, Jelaine Maxwell joke. Oh, boy. Yeah, really good stuff. It's actually shot at the New York Times, um, and it's beautiful. A-, a listener with a dire prediction about the future. I want to get to that. Okay. It's good stuff. Smart. Doom scrolling. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. I had a nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow. And go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. I have no idea what he what? was talking about. You having a good time, Joe? But as I I'm said, mystified. Er- as that- I said earlier, I welcome every person, woman, man, camera, and TV who wants to tune in. So there's a there's a lot going on with our current candidates. Um, you know, we're 102 days away from the election. 102. We're going to talk to Lon He Chen. I mean, it's starting to get kind of closeish, isn't it? Lon He Chen next hour, who's worked on campaigns. Uh, Howard Kurtz is out, uh, media critic for Fox, saying. Media needs to press Biden to answer questions. I don't think they do. I don't think Biden does they need to. should. They should, but I don't think Biden does need to answer no, questions. Biden I think, doesn't need to engage in that, but no. I, I believe the press should pressure oh, they, him to do that. They should, but yeah. but they're, but regardless, he doesn't need to answer questions. I don't think he does. I don't think he's going to get dinged at all for that. Um, but we'll ask Alonhi about that if he thinks that old school attitude still still applies at all. By the way, um, the the polls that are out, and uh, I know Trump was down in the polls last time, but he's down, what is it, nine in the real clear politics average nationwide. He's down nine. 
Nobody's ever been down this consistently this far and come back and won. And in the swing states where he's got a win, Biden's up 11 in Pennsylvania, Biden's up 13 in Minnesota, Biden's up 9 in Michigan, Biden's, Biden's up 13 in Florida Woof. currently. Whatever. Even Whatever. The, even That's the, not good. No. Even the Rasmussen poll, which is usually more favorable to Republicans, has Trump trailing Biden in Ohio and Pennsylvania by four or five points. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's hard to imagine. Things can change. My only point would be things have to change. Right. Well, and and precedent is not as useful as it used to be since these times are so odd. Sure. And, and Trump's such a d- 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 strange, uh, you know, candidate and president. And the but rest I of think it, but. a changing event needs to occur. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's constant, Jack, is change. It's ironic. Mm. That's the old double reverse. The. Uh, New York Times has accidentally published a Jelaine Maxwell obituary. Uh, the glowing obituary called Maxwell a generous, loving, austere child care provider who will be missed by many of us elites. The, p- the piece said she was a shrewd businesswoman who had a knack for customer service. Now I'm confused. What, what is the purpose of this? This is, this is from the Babylon Bee. This is a very, very funny send-up of the New York Times. And their horrifically loving uh, obituary to uh, Al Baghdadi. Oh, right. They had, remember the austere right. religious scholar was fifty-four. Right, right. So that they called was, Jelaine was... Maxwell the child rapist, a generous, loving, austere child care provider. The paper pulled her name from the website after Hillary Clinton's staffers called and informed them of the error. Miss Clinton asked us to publish the obituary on Friday, and we got our dates mixed up. We apologize for the mistake, and we hope she is still okay for now. <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> and then, then the bee takes. And that's a, working Sean's side of the street right there. Then the bee throws an elbow <laughs> in the other direction. President Trump was concerned when he saw the death notice, and so was happy to learn she was still alive, saying he wishes her well. <laughs> oh my gosh! Tell you what, the Babylon Bee, which is eh, this is a rough description. It's a more conservative leaning onion. Is doing some really funny writing right now. Some really good stuff. That's great. Generous, loving, austere child care provider. Yikes! There might be a savior for our social media problem. Or specifically, our Twitter problem. Twitter is in the very early phases of building a subscription model. Now, is this purely... We were talking about this during the commercial break. Is this purely to weed out crazy people, or is this just to make money? We were just discussing how... If you have a cover charge for things, you can weed out the segment of society you usually weed out. I noticed this years ago at, like, festivals of any kind. Mm-hmm. You go to a festival where they're going to have, like, you know, garlic ice cream and a band playing classic rock hits. If it's free, you're going to have a lot of scummy people around that you don't want to be near. If it's a dollar, it changes completely. Yeah. Very similar thing that I've noticed on online gaming where... Uh one of the only levers a game has against somebody who's acting in a toxic nature is, the, okay, we'll just we'll delete your account. You can't play anymore. But free-to-play games where all you need is some burner email account to make a new account, those games tend to be vastly more toxic than games that cost even a dollar or two or five. Wow, or so a dollar or yeah. two doesn't weed out a dollar's worth of scumbags. It's an amazingly effective filter, yeah, which is interesting. Toxicity still exists, but it's just at a much smaller scale when yeah. there's even just a, a, the smallest barrier to entry. And would that happen for Twitter? And then certainly for your, like, you know, computer bots that send out crap, I would think it just be, wouldn't be 
It'd be too expensive to have a, a, a gazillion accounts. Yeah, I don't know. Depends. I mean, the Chinese could afford it probably, but not the North Koreans. Mm. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Anything that would lower the toxicity, although you know, part of it is just the, the problem with our times is everybody spouts brutal, angry certainty at each other. <laughs> But I, I also don't know if this would be a full replacement for Twitter or if they're just doing the Internet thing of two lanes, advertising or subscription. So you can get the free version, but you're going to get ads in your feed. Mm-hmm. Oh, or you can okay. do the subscription version and get it. So I don't know if it's That's a, probably a total replacement. Right. But. Are, are many people, are you on Parler? Have you gotten on Parler yet? Or I guess you're supposed to say Parlay, but I'm not going to. Um, that's the conservative version of Twitter? Uh, I have not. I have not either. No, I, I read something about it, but no, I haven't. I don't. Uh, I don't particularly want to be filtered from stuff I disagree with. I mean, there are some people that the way they express their views is just so incredibly annoying and, and toxic and and just ugh, that I would like to avoid it, but I don't want to get penned into a particular ideology. I tweeted out a picture of my burnt-up lawnmower, and there were a lot of funny comments on the Twitter feed yesterday. Yes. That uh, thing's burnt up. A lot of, I think it'll buff out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it wouldn't start. Yeah. And I said, check the plugs. <laughs> this, this thing is, I mean, a third of it's ash, and the rest of it's burnt. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. I'm glad it was not my house. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty.